Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Good News at Noon Wednesday edition, often known as Deeper. Good to have you guys here. I am here with the wise one, the the smart one, the <laughs> staff member that knows more than any other staff member. <laughs> Tommy Garza. Yes. (laughs) No more than any other staff member. Any other staff member. That's why she's here all the time, because she's the one that brings the smarts to the whole situation. So, appreciate you being here, Tommy. Yes. Where's Pastor Scott? I thought he was coming with you. Uh, No, I don't don't want him here. (laughs) I think he's enjoying a much-needed vacation. Yes, I think he's on vacation. So, he sends his greetings, um, and... Says that he he will be here next Wednesday. Yes, I will be, I, and I will not be because um, we'll be in Mexico in the Mexico mission trip. I'm so. not sure if I'll be. So you don't. Yeah, you could have. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, Miss Tommy here is very pregnant, and she's literally going to have a baby any day. What, yeah. Your due date is actually what day? Um, Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. But your kids tend to come late. Yes. And so. in a hurry. Yes. So we shall see. All right. <laughs> So you keep Tommy in your prayers for a, a, a quick and a problem-free birth, happy and a happy, healthy baby, and happy, healthy mom. Yes, thank uh, you. Probably in the next week or yes, two. Yes, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be talking, continuing with our sermon series, The Contentment Commandments, and we are up to seven commandments at this point. Uh, week four got us through the seventh commandment, and uh, just a little review of where we are at. In the contentment commandments, the first one was remember to rejoice. And then the second one was refuse to resent. And then the third one, of course, was appreciate all seasons. Fourth one, keep a secret stash. You have to listen to it. We are not promoting keeping stash of other stuff here. This is a spiritual stash. And then and then the fifth one is to not confuse supply with the source. Tommy, of the five that we've had so far, which one has been the most challenging for you and which one has been the most helpful for you? Um, well, I think remembering to rejoice has been very helpful. I mm. think that is easy, an easy thing to kind of forget that um, some of those little things in your day-to-day you can rejoice over. I think sometimes we expect it to be like this big, grandiose thing that we need to rejoice about. Right. But it could be our smaller day-to-day um, things that can prompt us to rejoice. And then... Yeah, I still struggle with refusing to resent. <laughs> it's been a struggle of mine for a long time. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, maybe with the two I can work something out and let go of some of that. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's funny because I struggle with appreciating all seasons. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, get. It goes a little bit with rejoice. You know, I think those two go hand in hand. Um, but just... Sometimes I, you want things to be what they were or mm. want things to move on to a different season more quickly. And uh, really just living to learn, learning to live in the moment mm-hmm. um, and appreciating the season. I think that is like so um, 
relative to parenting, especially like younger ears. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when you have a newborn, you're like, oh, I can't wait till they like sleep a little bit more. And then you're like, once they're that, you know, I think from a newborn to like five, it's just hard every season and you're constantly like wanting the next season but then once it's gone you're like oh i'm so sad they're getting bigger you know it's like we just gotta stay in that moment and just appreciate them in that moment i can't wait until they get out of the terrible twos yeah but then they're in school i wish they were around a little bit more yeah yeah it's so true it's a good point um but that refusing to resent that's also a challenge too i think we live in a world that encourages us to resent one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just reading a very interesting article about the struggle that's going on uh, in the Sierra Nevada Senate of the ELCA, and there's some um, this conflict going on. There's a lot of resentment mm-hmm. bouncing around back and forth. It's just so even in the church, uh, there's resentment that is uh, put forward, and so it's just that reminder that that staying within that kind of that godlike mindset where all people are loved regardless of race creed um it's hard or political affiliation all right so let's talk a little bit about the new and i want to offer us up a word of prayer if you guys will join me in a word of prayer let's do that lord once again we are just so incredibly thankful for your presence in our lives and just ask that as we spend a little bit of time here with this message that you would help us to unpack some truths or some wisdom that will help us in our spiritual walk. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the sixth commandment that we have for you guys today is, Thou shall not downplay disappointment. Thou shall not downplay disappointment. And um, it's interesting because Paul's been pretty positive so far, don't you think, mm-hmm. up to this point? Annoyingly so. Annoy- <laughs> <laughs> and the facade cracks a little bit in Philippians 4.15 when he's talking about the help that he received. And he says, as you know, you were the only ones, referring to the church in Philippi, the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Um, and so you just you sense a little bit of frustration there. But it's a really good point. He just kind of speaks the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a little disappointment, a little frustration maybe. And, and he names it, right? He names it. And then quickly, he moves on from it. But it's important for us not to downplay disappointment. Tommy, why is, we talked about this a little bit. Why is it, not, why is it important for us to not downplay disappointment? Um, I mean, I guess I think it's important because if you don't acknowledge it, it's just going to keep lingering there and festering. And mm-hmm. then you're going to really resent a lot of things. It does. <laughs> If you don't name it, if you don't kind of talk through it or admit it, it does. It turns into resentment very easily. Yeah, it can. Uh, Resentment, anger, hatred. And I think, too, that sometimes uh, we've been maybe led to believe that we should feel shame over our disappointment or frustrations, you know, over Mm -hmm. a situation. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe kind of trying to communicate that you don't really have to feel shame over being disappointed that's like a totally normal reaction and we were seeing it you know with Paul and and it's not something that's like makes you any less than if you were disappointed by something you know what I mean very true and and you know it's not just disappointment of what someone else has done to you sometimes it's disappointment in yourself mm-hmm. sometimes being able to talk about or even admit some of the things that you've done mm-hmm. that have disappointed you maybe you said something or did something that hurt somebody you didn't mean to hurt or was just kind of thoughtless or inconsiderate and you realize it later 
to, to just be able to name that and mm-hmm. maybe apologize to the person or just admit, wow, that was really dumb and I would try not to do that again. Or even acknowledging that maybe we feel like we might have disappointed God in one, some of our actions and maybe just True. acknowledging that and kind of you know, naming that too so that we can move past it. Otherwise, that can really hold you back from that relationship. It can. It's funny. We feel like we're going to hide something from God. Yeah. It's like God <laughs> knows, but I don't know. It's human nature to say, well, if I, if I don't name it out loud, maybe God won't really know. Well, yeah, he does. So to well, name it's uncomfortable things, to it name it out loud. It is, it is uncomfortable <laughs> to name it. Just like it's uncomfortable to confront somebody or lovingly say, you know, what you did hurt my feelings mm-hmm. or... Um, or, you know, don't talk to me that way, that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those types of things cannot be held in. I, an analogy I used in the message, which I think is not a bad one, my daughter actually helped me come up with this analogy. Her and I were having a conversation about this. Um, it's like a soda can. And if you kind of just stuff your frustrations, don't name your disappointments. It's like shaking up a soda can, and then eventually you pop it open and and poof, it's all kinds everywhere. of damage. Mm-hmm. It's messy. It takes, it's a mess to clean up because eventually someone's going to open the soda can. Mm-hmm. It's either going to happen in your life or someone's going to come along and, and, and trip that trigger and, and it's all going to come out if you continue to stuff it down. But by getting it out and talking about it, naming it, uh, then it's, it's just like opening a regular can of soda that's not shaken and, you know, and it isn't quite as messy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's disastrous. a good analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter's a smart kid. I mean, I'll never admit that to her. She's, a, she's not a kid anymore. I guess she's 20 years old, so she's a smart young adult. Right? So then we, we realize that Paul does not let this disappointment fester. Because a little bit later, just a few verses later, in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 4, he says, At the moment I have all that I need, uh, and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me. Right? So he's moved on from this disappointment, and he's just basically thanking them. Um, and the gifts you sent me, they're a sweet-smelling sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. And then, even though he's in prison and has all of these things going on, he offers encouragement back to them, and he says, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs. What a great reminder that he gives to them. Thank you for what you've done. I appreciate it. It's, it pleases God. And don't, don't forget, God's with you just like he's with me. I just think that's mm-hmm. such a great um, a great testament to Paul not letting the disappointment linger in his life right there. All right. So the Bible has a few things then to say about this idea of disappointment. And the first one is simply this. Acknowledge your disappointments, but don't let them define you. There's a difference between dwelling on your, on your disappointments and acknowledging them. Mm-hmm. You acknowledge them, you name them, you move on from them mm-hmm. versus you dwell and dwell and dwell on them. You know, it's almost that reverse meditation type of a thing. Because uh, then that's just as bad as stuffing them. Because um, then they cause damage inside. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Tommy, do you ever do that? Do you ever dwell on your disappointments? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If I'm being honest, <laughs> little you, you, you meditate on your disappointment sometimes. <laughs> well, I think sometimes, depending on how the disappointment has impacted your life, yeah. it's sometimes you can kind of revisit it frequently on how that impact has kind of played out in your life. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that, um, and I and I don't feel ashamed of that. I feel like it's normal. It's not like I 
you know, I don't feel like I'm letting it define me, but I do feel like there have been periods of time where maybe a disappointment has kind of come and gone and sure. and really showed up to where it's like I do kind of feel like I'm dwelling on it because it just keeps kind of presenting itself. Because the situation doesn't get any better. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's important because I think this is something we're going to talk about here a little, in a, a minute or two. And you and I talked about that. Mm-hmm. What if the disappointment is ongoing? What if it's, you know, sometimes we think of disappointments that are temporary. Maybe something somebody said and then they move on and mm-hmm. it's just like this temporary one-time disappointment. But what about those disappointments that are ongoing? Maybe it's a spouse or a friend that continues to just not get it maybe in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Or even I was thinking when I listened to your sermon, like, a, you know, say you apply for a job and you don't get the job you want and it's a disappointment. But say you're applying for, like, 50 jobs and you're not getting any of them Mm -hmm. then I think it can get a little bit harder to not dwell on that like what's going on why is this happening you know what I'm saying I think so um even if it's not like an interaction with a person it could just be an experience that you keep experiencing right I think that that's a a kind of an important distinction uh, with those disappointments we didn't necessarily say it in the sermon but they're getting it here deeper but disappointments it's a little bit easier to not let a disappointment define you if it's a one-time thing Mm -hmm. but it is more difficult for those disappointments that are ongoing Mm -hmm. you know um, you have a member of your family that just continues to not behave the way you want them to Mm -hmm. for instance um, like the job one was really good but in the midst of that Paul reminds us right that this is where this idea of contentment comes in right I've learned how to be content whatever I have whatever the situation I can live with nothing or everything um, I can live with a full stomach or an empty stomach with plenty or little. And then he goes on to say, for I can do all things through Christ. And it's, and it's this idea of this relationship with Christ that allows us to move through those disappointments and not let them define us, not let them, not have us dwell on them, right? And then I used, I came up, in one of my devotions, I stumbled across this great story in the Old Testament from Second Kings about Elisha, who was one of the great prophets of the Old Testament, and a widow. It's only six or seven, seven verses long. And it deals kind of with this idea of disappointment. And it, I think it has some really good object lessons for us. So um, let me start by reading it for you here in 2 Kings. One day a widow came to the prophet Elijah and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. Now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons. There's a lot going on there. First of all, what a tough way to have to pay off a debt by yeah. giving your children. <laughs> You know, when you read it on Sunday, I was like, oh, my gosh. That's, that's harsh. <laughs> so here's this poor widow. She's lost her husband. Um, and I don't know if he left debt, unpaid debt, and that's what the issue is going on. Or if you didn't. Uh, back in those days, I think it's important to kind of notice that women didn't have a lot of means of support outside of the male part of their family. This is a very patriarchal society, very male-dominated. And a widow would usually have to go and be taken care of by the husband's family, or remarry like maybe one of her, his single brothers. I mean, it's just crazy how that society worked back in those days. So they didn't have a lot of options. So maybe if he died with debt or they died with unpaid bills, uh, there was not a whole lot of means and ways for her to pay off those debts because mm-hmm. she couldn't go get a job. And and uh, I think one thing that kind of came to me is one of the ways to deal with their disappointments is to, like I said, name them. And if you want God to work in the midst of your disappointments, you have to name them. You have to admit that you have a need. Uh, whereas a lot of people kind of try to just suck it up, buttercup. I can handle this. This isn't a big deal. I've got this. 
Um, but it's okay to go to God, whether it be a small disappointment or a big ongoing disappointment. Yeah. So she goes to him, and his response is really, really fascinating to me. Because he basically says, tell me what you have in your house. Okay. Um, and it's, I think he does it on purpose. It seems like an odd thing because her response to that is, well, I got nothing at all. And I, and I just feel like this is how people often respond, myself included, to sometimes to difficult things. It's always like this. Or you always treat mm -hmm. me badly. Or I'm never going to get a job. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we go to those absolutes. Uh, just it's just human nature. And so she does it. I got nothing. And then she replies, oh, that's right, except a flask of olive oil, <laughs> which is actually a pretty decent asset. Back in those days, olive oil was a, a fairly uh, valuable commodity, if you will. So for her to say that she has nothing and then go, hmm, okay, maybe I do have a little something, uh, is a, I think this is what Elijah was trying to lead her to, mm -hmm. to think about her situation, mm -hmm. to realize maybe she's not quite as destitute as she initially mm -hmm. thought she was it's kind of like being able to see the fact that there are blessings in your life at the same times that there's frustrations or hurts or disappointments mm -hmm. yeah so what do you think about that tommy yeah it's um mm -hmm. you know it kind of leads back to the first commandment of the contentment commandments with the rejoicing and mm -hmm. like oh wait if you take a minute you can find that thing to rejoice over and she does you know, after a minute, realize, like, wait, I actually do have something. <laughs> right, right. It's like, oh, maybe, uh, yeah. And then this is, I think, when Elijah then kind of gets to work. He says, okay, now that you've gotten out of this place of just, like, woe me. Yeah. Right? He goes, let's go to work. Mm -hmm. Let's get something done. And which kind of leads us to the seventh um, contentment commandment, which is, thou shalt recognize. And someone said to, my, said to me when I was putting this together, I think it was my daughter, Maybe my wife, I forget. Well, you need to finish that sentence. And I was like, well, I don't want to finish that sentence because there's a lot of things to recognize. Uh, and they said, well, you should just nail it down, narrow it down to one thing. Recognize what? Recognize that God's at work. Recognize that you have resources. Um, recognize that God's work in the past. And the answer is yes. Yes, all those things. Recognize yeah. that there's a lot more going on here than just the disappointment. Um, and so we left it kind of blank. And you, you get to fill in the blank on that one. What? do you need to recognize in the midst of your disappointments? Do you need to recognize that you've been in tough times before and that God has seen you through those tough times? So it's likely that God's going to see you through this one. Do you need to recognize that maybe you have more blessings in your life than, than what you first thought? Or do you need to recognize that God has promised that he's going to continue to work in your life even in the midst of the difficult times? It just kind of mm -hmm. depends on what this disappointment is and what's going on, what you need to recognize. You know, I really thought of a personal situation with this part because, um, you know, my sister actually passed away in a car accident um, mm -hmm. oh, uh, a couple years ago. And I think that it was really disappointing and obviously upsetting, but I had a lot of disappointment around like our relationship and her age and just this lack of life that she's going to have. But I think, um, you know, over time I was able to recognize, like, you know, she did, she had a lot of struggles in her life at that time and recognizing that maybe this was like a healing for her and recognizing mm. the potential of how I can use that situation to really pour into the relationships that I have that are still here, you wow. know, even though I didn't get to do that with her, 
you know, I mean, obviously there's still a lot of hurt and I would never say I'm glad she had this accident right, or right. anything like that, but it, I, it kind of prompted me to think of that situation for myself when you were talking about it on Sunday, like, oh, I don't think I realized how much um, I kind of recognized those things during that time period until you started talking about it. And I was like, wow. oh, maybe I did kind of do that. <laughs> I love that. That's like another recognition. Recognition that disappointments are often what lead us to growth, mm-hmm. to introspection, to being becoming better people. Um, usually it's those, those difficult times where we do the, gro- the growing I like that. That's really good. You know, that's funny. I have a disappointment in my life. My parents passed when they were fairly young. My mom was 67. I realize that's not horribly young, but she was very, very healthy, marathon runner, and she just got cancer. Um, She didn't even get to enjoy her retirement. She worked her whole life, and she Mm. was so looking forward to retirement. Basically just battled cancer her entire retirement, and then finally got her. And then my dad was very unhealthy into his life because he was a lifelong smoker Mm. Um, and he passed at 71 and you know we had a a decent relationship Um, there was struggles early on in in their parenting Um, and I'm disappointed I I deal with this disappointment of I would have liked to have gotten to know them a little bit better now that I'm a little bit more mature Mm. and they had moved past a lot of their the things in their life that really held them back they, you know they grew and they matured and they mm-hmm. got better um, and it just we never had that opportunity I just never was able to have that relationship with them as equals I was always kind of that I just wasn't around that much I moved away fairly fairly young and then just never went back except once in, once in a while for holidays for a variety of reasons but uh, just kind of the disappointment but kind of to your point some of those disappointments I had in my relationship with them are helping me try to be a better father so that my children won't have those relationships, mm. you know, with and, me. And in that situation, you probably had those disappointments in yourself and in them and in the both. lack of the opportunity. I feel like that's kind of how it was with my sister. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't do more. And I'm disappointed that she's gone. And I'm disappointed that she didn't do this. You know right. what I mean? There was just right. a lot at Layers. Play there. Yeah, there's a lot going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disappointments are usually not just one. Yeah, yeah they, they they're very complicated, and that's why this is important to not let them define me. I'm not gonna let that lack of relationship that I had with my parents for a variety of reasons define me. I'm gonna hopefully, um, well, I am letting that try to turn me into a better, mm-hmm. better parent and have a better relationship with my kids um, as we go on. And here's, this is kind of the third point in the sermon series, and we've made it pretty clear. Often disappointments and blessings exist side by side. Mm -hmm. Life is full of disappointment. Life is full of blessing. Um, Recognizing the the things you can learn, the blessings in your life that God's still at work, while you're recognizing the disappointments. It's just part of living. I think that's important because you don't want it to be like, well... I have so much to be grateful for. I have so many blessings in my life. Like, I just, I need to push this disappointment aside. Right. Because just, yeah. I have all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. How could I possibly be disappointed about this when I have this, this, and this? But, um, you know, I think obviously we've talked through it, what happens when you don't acknowledge it. But you can acknowledge, man, this kind of sucks. But I also have all these other great things. <laughs> yes. Life, life is lived in a tension between disappointment and blessing. 
and and just that's just the reality of life. You know, and I, real quick, I want to pause and just say it's good to see Arlene. I haven't seen Arlene in a while, so Arlene, welcome. Good to have you with us as well today. Um, and that is the tension of life. Um, you, you were the one that kind of inspired me when we were having a private conversation about that, and you were we were talking about these disappointments that are just ongoing in our lives, and that's part of living, mm. you know. Because it's not all just like, well, God's going to take care of it. It's all going to go away. Everything's going to be okay. That's not always the case. Right. That's, you know, that's where I struggle with the prosperity gospel. Like, if you just trust God, he's going to make everything better. Sometimes not everything's better. Right. And that leads to even more disappointment when you have that <laughs> sort of uh, outlook. <laughs> right. But in the midst of it, God can make us better, mm-hmm. us stronger, us better to able to deal with the disappointments that might be continuing you know some people are born with disabilities that are never going to go away Mm -hmm. Um, you know my daughter dated mark for a lot of years and and mark was a senior in high school healthy athletic smart he's still healthy athletic and smart but he's now paralyzed because he got into a biking accident and he will be barring some kind of incredible medical miracle that no one can foresee he will be paralyzed from the chest down for the rest of his life Mm -hmm. that is an ongoing disappointment that he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life but he has learned to move on from that mm-hmm. and to continue to look at the blessings that he has in his life. I mean, he's a, a kid of real deep faith. He's a, a neat kid. So, uh, Lynn, and I don't know if you can, Lynn Piawasik, and I, she was with us earlier, and she sent me just randomly a couple weeks ago this story that went along with this beautiful pink bloomed tree in their front yard, and she gave me permission to, to share this, so I'm going to share it. Uh, This was her point about that tree. She goes, my sister Lisa was able to get my dad up into his wheelchair. A little background. Her dad is in his 90s. He's frail. He's older. He's Mm -hmm. frail. He's just not a healthy person anymore. And not sure how much time he has left, but definitely coming towards the end of his life. Um, My sister Lisa was able to get my dad up in his wheelchair. A difficult feat. Then she surprised him by getting him close to the front door, which looks out on that tree that I just showed you. He and my mom planted it some 40 plus years ago and it blooms about a week each spring. He did not know that it had bloomed this year and he looked out through the double doors and then she opened them for the fresh air to come in and uh, touch his face. And this is beautiful. The small act brought tears to his eyes and joy to his heart. The tree shares a lot of history with us all. We always thought it was planted in the wrong spot uh, but it turned out to be the perfect spot for such a time as this. Um, you know, and sometimes those blessings that are just a part of our daily lives we take for granted. Mm-hmm. Like a, a tree that blooms beautifully once a year, or roof over our heads, or family pe- people, fin- friends and family that love us. You know, we lose somebody we love, um, and that's our focus versus also remembering the other 20 people in our lives mm-hmm. that we love and that love us. Um, and the point is to not get so consumed by that disappointment that you forget the blooming trees mm-hmm. that are in the yards of your life. Um, you know, if you ever need help recognizing those blessings, you should just like take a walk with like a two and a half year old because that like childlike uh, view of life, I mean, they just notice everything that's great. You know what I mean? That you're just like, I never really paid attention to that <laughs> doing anything, you know, grocery shopping, walking, whatever. They just notice all of the small things that are like, oh, that is a blessing. <laughs> 
So there you go. There's some good advice. If you ever have struggle to recognize the blessings, <laughs> go borrow a two-year-old. Yeah. Hopefully from somebody you know. It's always a good idea. With don't permission. Just, with permission. Don't just go borrow some random two-year-old. That's, that's bad. Then you'll have other disappointments in your life uh, that you won't want to deal with. Um, and let them just open your eyes to all the cool things that are around us every, each and every day. Um, it, so going back to our story about Elisha and the widow. Well, okay, let's do that. So here's Elisha's advice. He goes, now, go borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons, shut the door behind you, and start pouring olive oil from the small flask into all these other containers, right? Uh, and then set it aside when it's filled. She did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another after another. Soon every container was full. This is almost identical to the fishes and the loaves, mm -hmm. right? How are we going to feed these thousands of people? Well, I've got a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish, and thousands are fed. This is kind of this reminder that God is at work in our lives, but we have to do the work. We can't just stop in our disappointments mm -hmm. um, because sometimes people forget that this is also a process of moving forward, mm -hmm. you know? C.S. Lewis has this amazing quote I came across, and it, it just really struck home with me because it kind of goes with this idea of blessings and, and disappointments side by side. He said, there's no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan, right? This battle going on for your attention, for your focus, for your love, um, for your heart between God and Satan. And a lot of people don't say, well, I don't like to think of life as a battle. It's not necessarily a battle for you, but God and Satan are constantly battling for your attention, your focus, um, your faith. And I, I think that's very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? I really like that quote. And so Elisha's told her, here's what you need to do. Now, she could have said, that's crazy, I'm not gonna do it, but she, follows, she does it, because it's kind of crazy. And uh, it would <laughs> probably wouldn't have been that radical for her to say, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. But she does it. And she is blessed because um, by going to Elijah, really what she's doing is going to God. Because when you go to a prophet, admit your need, it's, it's, in the, it's the same as in kind of the Catholic Church, going to a priest for confession. You're not necessarily going to the priest. You're going to God through the priest. Same with back in that day. So basically what she was doing is she went to God. She admitted she had a need. Um, Elisha helped her to realize that she wasn't quite as destitute, right, aware of her blessings. And then he gave her a path forward. And so... She took action, followed that path, and then was blessed, was able to sell the oil, pay off her debts, and then have some left over for her and her son. So she was able to keep her sons, which I'm sure most of the time she was thankful for, and <laughs> was able to pay off her debts. Um, and kind of the last point being, faith that leads to contentment is not ignoring reality. It is recognizing that God can and will work in the midst of it, sometimes in ways that we do not even see. Or uh, understand or understand, or yeah. even can predict, right? Um, Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, and then I would add, and in the world around us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Let me just say that again. Glory to God, who is, through his mighty work, remember, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his mighty work within us, and added, through his work around us, able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Um, 
So my question to you is in, what are you expecting God to do in your life today? How are you dealing with your disappointments today? Um, are you expecting God to work at them? Are you recognizing? Are you dealing with those disappointments? How are you expecting God to work? Tommy, any final thoughts before we let people get back to their days? I don't think so. I thought this was such a great like a combination of the two you know, uh, commandments going hand in hand with the disappointment and the recognizing. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what God's word can have, can teach us. So um, I've, I've loved this sermon series. I love the fact that you guys have joined us on Wednesdays. Thank you for your time and your attention. God bless everyone. Have a good rest of your week. Bye. Have a good Bye, afternoon. Guys. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.